Do you want to be transported back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I certainly do. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer, bottled with all-natural, uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. And it's not just about that elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. I've said it before, but I love this product. It feels like I am going to a spa every Every night, and it delivers that coveted post-vacation glow like you just returned from a tropical getaway. Right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code DATEABLE at OSEAMalibu.com. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DATEABLE at OSEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use the code DATEABLE for 10% off. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in today's world called modern dating. I have a guest host with me today. His name is Boris. Hello. Hello, Boris. He's been in San Francisco for six years, originally from Boston. He's in his early 30s and he is married, happily married. And our guest tonight is Don. Hey, Don. How Hello. are you? Hey. I'm good. Happy to be here. He's been in San Francisco for six years, originally from Sonoma County, so not too far. Mm-hmm. And you're 35 years old. Don, I know a little bit about what you want to talk about today, but I'm so excited about this topic because before <laughs> Boris's episode with Kate, he and I had this very intense discussion about gender roles, how it plays into dating, how the alpha and the beta should get along, and also like who should pay for dates, who's responsible for dates, etc. Yeah, I should say that we didn't agree on anything. We did not agree on a single thing. But it's perfect because it's obviously a topic Boris and I are, are very passionate about. But I want to hear what brings you here today, Don. Uh, I think gender roles summarizes it pretty well. Uh, my dating experience is one thing, but I think in general, is it okay to have your ambition be the success of your partner? Explain what that means. It means you know being an emotional being emotional support, not necessarily doing um, having some vibrant, crazy career of your own. Because in your email, you say, "I wonder would these women, alpha women." Be okay with a stay-at-home dad, a foot rubbing, laundry doing, dinner <laughs> yeah. cooking, child rearing, garbage man, or do these do these wonder women need to be need to have another type A entrepreneur by their side? Now, what is the basis of this question? Is this a role that you're considering, or is that a role that you find appealing? I think that I 
both. Sure. Sure. Uh, I could see myself playing music um, part-time and raising children, for sure. I think mm. that would be wonderful. Um, I think, yeah, I'd love to just be a dad. I want to bring it back to these gender roles again, because that's what we're here to talk about. My good friend in LA, she's an ER doctor, and all of her female doctor friends, colleagues, all of their husbands are stay-at-home, okay? And she had a boyfriend for a long time, a seven-year relationship, tattoo artist, stay-at-home as well. Now, she tells me this. It's not so much is the woman okay being with a man who's more beta, the stay-at-home dad. It's that the man has to fully own it. Mm. And part of the issue with some of the relationships that may not have worked that she's seen, and in her own relationship it didn't work, was because a man couldn't fully own that role. Well, and I'd say, I mean, stay at home and beta are two different, or alpha okay, are yeah. two totally separate things. Yeah. Um, kind of building off of what you just said, it almost, it almost takes kind of more self-confidence, a bigger person, especially as a man, to just say, hey, you know what? No, you pursue your career. Uh, I'm comfortable enough in my own skin with who I am to kind of be proud of myself yeah. as, as a person without having this career goal, ambition, what have you, that society really expects men to have much more so than women. I feel like a requirement for being a stay-at-home would be you're living for other people, you're living for the family okay. uh, in a way. I think, yeah, living to support these other people. Well, that's um, definitely one side, but I, I think there is the misconception that women have of the stay-at-home father that's just doing nothing all day and watching TV and that perception. <laughs> that, and I think maybe that ties to like larger gender roles because that's not necessarily what society has told us yeah. is a man's role. So yes, I agree. If their whole point is to stay at home and really own and take care of the family, that's very different than someone that's sitting on the couch doing nothing. Yes. And also, is this man okay taking out the garbage, making dinner, making sure the house is clean? Yeah. That sounds simple, but some guys are not okay with that. <laughs> are not okay with that. I, I've so, seen it, yeah. So the guy has to be extremely confident, like you were saying, Boris, in himself, extremely confident in his manliness, and really own up to that role that he's playing. Well, when you think about back in the day when women were stay-at-home, that was their job. Like, it wasn't like they weren't doing anything all day. So it's kind of like back to that, like if the guy's going to own it and essentially be his role. I mean, I'd also say that that was before dishwashers were a thing. <laughs> How would you feel about being a stay-at-home? Uh, I actually have. It's really interesting to me because uh, at this point, uh, I have more male friends who are stay-at-home dads than I have female friends that have, that have left the workforce to take care of kids. Um, both individuals, so really large sample size here. All two of them. Uh, but no, they're, they're both stupidly capable, had really amazing careers, and it just so happened that the person they're with had some sort of breakaway opportunity or, or um, had to move for their job, and, and it was a really big 
change that their partner was really excited about. And so they said, okay, hey, I'm going to try this out. The, the difference in how they've made it work is there's a really big difference between not employed yeah. and not employable. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Right? Like they're still uh, passionate, powerful. Uh, I don't know if I would describe either one of them as really beta individuals. Um, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with this in terms of in some ways I find that female or male, it, it almost takes more to stay at home um, and mind that the kind of the household because at least to me, it seems like it's a little the more like less glamorous, a little more boring, um, maybe more monotonous. And certainly it can be super, super rewarding. Like I said, the interesting part about it is it, as I wouldn't say it's the like necessarily submissive role in, in some ways as a male going into that. Maybe that's a stereotype that people think yeah. if you're a stay-at-home dad, you're the submissive beta. Mm -hmm. But you may not be. You could completely be an alpha, high-powered CEO in, of your household, right? I almost think that that's kind of a requirement. I mean, where do we have this stereotype of the powerful woman mm -hmm. running the household, right? Yeah. Because it's like... As a stay-at-home partner in whatever relationship you're at, that's the control you have. So what we've seen with a lot of people who've come on the show and previous guests is that a man is, when a man is confident in his career, he's confident in his dating life. This is what we've seen. It's a pattern we've seen, right? So the, the w women who've had kind of bad experiences with dating, it's always because a man is going through some sort of crossroads in his career, maybe changing, um, changing industries or, you know, not happy with his job. But as soon as a man is confident in his career, he's confident in himself and his identity because in this society, men attach themselves to their professional identity. As someone who's dating, if you're going on a date with a guy and you find out that, you know, maybe his not goal, but like maybe his professional life is not his priority and he would consider being a stay-at-home dad. My only issue is we're, I don't have kids right now, so there's mm -hmm. no, I can't really see the future. Too much of a hypothetical. Too, too far ahead. Too far maybe ahead. too far ahead. And also I just, in my head, I'm like, how do I respect you as a, and that's interesting. As a contributor to I, society? How do I respect you? So I wonder, that's my question. Can you, do you have to have a robust career to be respected? Can you be no. an empathetic no. person? I mean, but in your words, mm -hmm. how am I going to respect you if you don't have that going, right? Well, we're, yeah, and we're also in San Francisco, which is such an expensive place that <laughs> it sort of filters people naturally. So I would say you're dating the wrong people. Yeah. I really think that's really it. Because I think about like, just, I... I promise I wouldn't talk about him too much on the show, but my boyfriend and I mm -hmm. have an interesting dynamic because he's definitely hit a stride in his career where he's like happy where he is. He's very stable. Do I think he has ambitions of being starting his own company or being the CEO one day? Absolutely not. <laughs> and do I ever want to find someone like that? Fuck no. Like right. the, the thought of that just does not make me happy. But then th that's me. I know yeah. plenty of women who would be attracted to that, and they also know the sacrifices that come with being with someone like that. Have, have you tried? Yeah, and, and to that note, have you tried like just leaving your professional life totally off the table for any dates? No, that's a good, very scientific. That's a good idea. Um, 
I should try that. I should try not talking about that. Well, our friend Josh, who has been on the episode, he's the CEO of this company, mm-hmm. um, says that he's a minister oh, yeah. or a priest on yeah. his, That's what he puts on on his, his dating profile. Yeah. Wow. He, just... he doesn't reveal, he doesn't put the word CEO or president or, you know, boss, none of those words. So, to, to be fair, uh, San Francisco is full of CEOs. Yeah. I know, everyone's a CEO. Everyone's yeah, a CEO. Everybody's, everybody's but he runs a legit company, and that's not what he leads with. Yeah. Right. So he obviously will be getting a different type of girl. So, so living in the middle of the Castro, I, I kind of envy, or I really envy gay relationships. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, we've we already do established this. Uh, they don't have any of this bullshit. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not bullshit. I don't think, I've well, never had not, any... It's kind of amazing because every and all, any and all responsibilities or jobs or whatever you want to call it, roles inside of a relationship, everything gets discussed and just split based mm-hmm. off of the personality and totally outside mm-hmm. of there's there are no gender roles. What do you, you so kind of what would that look like for you in terms of if like you get a relationship on your terms, like forget kids, I'm gonna I'm go gonna go with UA's mm-hmm. questioning like you know, like first year or two years of relationships mm-hmm. of, of a relationship. Like what's your kind of ideal dream role? Uh, I'm a fairly organized guy, so I don't know. It's not, I've never had issues with just saying, okay, here's how we should do our finances. What are you comfortable with? It's whatever the other person's comfortable with and makes the most sense from a sort of efficiency standpoint. I feel like you're avoiding some topics here. I'm trying to get into the crux of why you're here. I want to talk about like, what is it that's irking you? Because obviously you're meeting these very entrepreneurial women, which, by the way, everyone's a fucking entrepreneur in Everybody's San Francisco. an entrepreneur in San And Francisco. even if they're not an entrepreneur, they're <laughs> going to go yeah. on a date and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, my own app. I have my own business, and I do this and do that. Everyone has their own, like, gazillion things yeah, that they're I'm, working I'm on. Disru- so I'm disrupting actually- <laughs> uh, restaurant hosting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that is the crux of my concern about living here. Is the Bay Area made for a family man? Ah, I think that's, that's a question. That's a real that's, question. And, that's, and I, I may have wrote it more specifically, but I think, is it even a place here? Can you even have family if that's the direction that you want? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a barrier. Do women friendly. even want that yeah. here? These ambitious women, do they want a family guy that wants to have kids? Like, nobody wants to have kids. So, you know, I'm 35. I would love to have kids. I have to move away to have some children. I love this. I love this question because yeah. before I moved to San Francisco, my boy my ex-boyfriend at the time was very entrepreneurial, was all about like, you know, tech crunch every day even after we broke up, he sent me tech crunch articles. One of those, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and I remember he would show me magazines before I moved to San Francisco and be like, "Babe, we should be like these people. That's a power couple." Or he would say, "Oh, look at this article about Elon Musk. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then it's a, you know, touting someone who started an amazing company. Where is like the recognition for men who are just straight up really good people, really good guys who are family men, who are responsible, who are great husbands. Like I would like to know about Cheryl Sandberg. <laughs> you know, I would like to know about, you know, I went to a talk with um, Lisa Sugar the founder of Pop Sugar, and she talked about how her, how her husband really supported her in starting 
a website about like celebrity gossip. You know, the guy has like a web background and he's like, yeah, I'll help you with that. Exactly. But nobody hears about this guy. You hear about Lisa Sugar, but what about the men behind the scenes? So this is the issue is Mm -hmm. that Silicon Valley doesn't give recognition for the men supporting these powerful women or for the powerful for the women supporting powerful men you never hear about the supporting cast and it's so it uh, it's so vital it's so vital and i think once you see and you hear these stories about these people you understand that it's it just wouldn't happen without them um, and so these integral pieces do we have a diminished value or are we looking at them differently? Are we not appreciating them enough? I, I, I guess you would say yes. Because our values are a little fucked up. Here a little in the fucked Bay Area. up. A little weird. Well, I think it's interesting because I feel like there's always women that always complain. Like, am I ever gonna like settle down and yes. get married? I would. I will admit this is probably the first time I've heard a guy say it. Not that other guys don't think it, but yeah. like actually express it in the Bay Area. And I, I wonder if the whirlwind that is the Bay Area causes people to you get swept up in it you get FOMO constantly Uh uh Um, is it possible that the environment is causing you to get I can't have kids now I can't you know where you're not settling in to a more natural state but then on the flip side I have many friends including Boris over here that are married Mm -hmm. that want to start family so I don't think you can just blame the Bay Area I think there are certain types of people in the Bay Area that Yes, or career focus, and maybe that's just where they are at that specific point of their life. Who knows in two years if that's going to be where they're at. But I think that goes back to the whole point of recognition. These people, like a Boris, you're not being touted right. as a great husband. Boris, you right? know, but I should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's an award. Here's a medal. But it's about recognition. <laughs> also about what you that were saying, role. Don, about you, you know, growing up, seeing your dad in this specific role and how you didn't like him in that role because there's nothing in the media that touts that kind of man, that kind of family man. So it's, it's, Julie and I talked about this last week and I said, you know, a lot of people I talk to in the, um, in the Bay Area, it could be anywhere though, I, I ask them, what is your future like? And everyone's, people say kids, not, you know, people, yeah, people say definitely. kids. I picture I'm married with kids. I have a great family. But then when sure, but nobody, sure, but then ask them when, when you ask <laughs> yeah. well when and how, right? I yeah, think yeah. it's a when and how that people mm. forget. Those are steps because people You're, say I want kids. They think about that's like an acquisition of sorts. I'm going to mm-hmm, have a right. Chanel purse and kids, mm-hmm. but they don't think about how am I going to be a great parent for these kids. Yep. These are values we never talk about when dating, no. right? Not How here. am I going to be no. a great partner? How am I going to be a great family person? What no. are those values? And it, it goes back to, and one of the things here, I feel like this community is very self-centric. And, mm-hmm. and, oh, yes. And that's difficult to see all the time where everyone, totally. this is what I'm doing, this is yes. what I'm disrupting, blah, yep. blah. And it's like, man, is every... Is everything about you? No, the the biggest thing is like take someone who is always me, me, me and interrupt them for just a second. And for someone who's not used to being interrupted, that their entire world has just shifted. 
I would also argue that people who are me, me, me cannot be interrupted because they're on a train oh, to nowhere. Oh, it's certainly difficult. And one day that train's going to crash, and then they wake up and say, oh, now I'm ready to have someone in my life. Oh. So you're going after the people on this train that's about to crash, but Hold you don't want to be there for the crash. No, no, no. Don here could be that interrupter. <laughs> it's true. He could, Maybe. but, okay, but is that... it's very difficult. There's a high inertia. High yes. inertia. Yes. Uh, here, especially, and that's my... I think this is a very interesting place and an interesting time. I think uh, very focused people here. I think um, back to this, like, emotional equal, though. Like, I get that you want someone that you can support, but don't you want... And I'm not... It's very... Yeah, please. Selfless. But don't you want someone that supports you, too? Well, yeah, everybody's got a different definition of that. Um, again, if you find your happiness through supporting somebody else, you do want um, reciprocation. Right. Yeah. Or, recognition? Recognition and reciprocation. And respect. Yeah, and respect. So I think people should stop thinking about, okay, I'm the beta, or I'm the alpha, right. or I'm the breadwinner. You know what? Shit happens. In a relationship, right. in the course of a few weeks, few months, few years, you don't know. Maybe yeah. one day you need to step up, or one day you need to step back and say, I need to support my partner and be a stay-at-home. There's no absolutes in any of this, and we have to stop thinking in absolutes. Well, that's why it's always absurd when people do just judge people on their careers, if mm -hmm. that's their only thing, because they could lose their job tomorrow. Easily, especially here. Right. <laughs> when you're CEO of a company that's right. valued at zero dollars, right. yeah. That's yeah, it seems like every, it's very high flux, very high flux. Yeah. I think that also goes back to the point of not just, like, well, it's great to be a supporter, not just being the supporter, because if you both have things going on, that flux can happen that you just mentioned. Yeah. I don't know if you, A, or Julie would mind uh, a man that cooked or cleaned for them. Yeah, I'd be totally okay with that. Not, I just, I not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, I, I think you... But he also needs to make money. That's or he just has issue. to have his own life. I think that's what... It, like, his own values and But passion. he needs to contribute yes. financially yeah, to the household. I'm sorry. Hold on. What so you're, so your, your podcast takes off. You're, like, top of the charts. You've got another company. You still need a man to... Yeah, what if you're fine? Yeah. You can support. Let's pretend that you have a, you make enough money to support both of you. Do you need him to make money? What if he does something else? I wouldn't. As long as he wasn't resentful about it, I would be okay with that. I need him to have his own thing. Even if he made $10,000 a year, he needs to have his own thing that brings in money. That's what I'm comfortable with. Yep. For me, it would be he needs to have his own thing. I don't care if it makes him money. Like, as long as it was something that was a passion, that it wasn't like, I just hate that you're gone all the time and I'm doing this, all this stuff. <laughs> yep. So for a guy who, because, you know, Julie and I have a ton of single girlfriends who are always, like, looking for a good family guy <laughs> who has a good career, who's just a good guy. You're 35 years old. You're a bachelor in San Francisco. You have a career. You're very, like, self-aware. Why are you single? <laughs> uh, not for lack of effort. Not for lack of effort. I think that... Um, I've dated a lot of women that didn't challenge me, um, that thought I was, uh, oh, you're great just as you are, and I really like, um, I really like the challenge. So what's your problem, though? Uh, my problem? Mm -hmm. Uh, hmm, what is my problem? Maybe I am too open-minded with people, so even if I don't feel a connection, um, I will stick around because I'm 
think, oh, maybe something will happen. I mean, we've all had that scenario where um, you've spent time with somebody and they grow on you. Do you tend to date older or younger? Younger. Why? Um, honestly, I think uh, older women are red flag for me because I'm worried that they are only, and not that I don't want that, but are only in it for kids and, and money and stuff like that. Isn't that completely contradictory to yeah. what you No, I, I'm not only in it for kids. You know, I, that's not the only thing that I want out of life. Um, I just, I want them to like me, not necessarily, oh, he's stable, he makes money, these qualities that, I, I, I don't want just that to be the focus, right? Oh, he's, I, th I feel like the bar may drop as people get older. Um, and women get the biological clock going on. I do want them to like me for other qualities than just, oh, he's going to be really supportive. So basically, I don't, I don't you're about screwed. You. I'll, I'll take all the advantages I can get. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're screwed because on one hand, you want um, someone with strong family values who's a little bit traditional. On the other hand, you don't want someone settled or stable or complacent because you get <laughs> right. bored easily and you like chasing sort of the girl who challenges you um in which also signals to me that you like unstable girls who possibly challenge you probably so yes. you're sort of screwed in that way because I <laughs> why think we're single it, why we're single <laughs> i think some your values well align with certain women yeah. that mm. you wouldn't find uh, attracted to. It yeah. could be. I, I do consider the environment as well, where if I lived somewhere else, would I not need the same level of stimulation? So, I don't so, know. So if you lived somewhere else at 35, you already have like three kids. <laughs> yeah, you're, so. already, yeah. you're a grandfather. I feel yeah. like if you really wanted it, you could find it here. I think it's, we can't, we can't blame our environment because obviously you like San Francisco, right? So I, that shouldn't kick you out. Place. Yeah. So I think you have to make the best of the situation here. What I'm hearing is this. I think you're you're not targeting the right women. Your messaging is resonating with probably a shit ton of women who are listening right now. Yeah. Who are like, um, yeah, this guy, I want to meet him. I want to <laughs> date him. If there's so many women raising their hand and you haven't met them, then there is an issue. There's a disconnect. So what is it? Maybe it's upping your age range a little bit right? Maybe it's, you know what, people get their eggs frozen all the time right now, so their biological clock isn't ticking. That's just my thought. Sorry for a little bit of therapy there. <laughs> no, I, I think it makes sense. I think there are conflicting desires there. Conflicting desires, for sure. Early 20s, I put a lot, in mid-20s, put a lot of emphasis on someone's career, like a ton of emphasis. Yeah. And then I got in relationships with people that weren't necessarily that as career-driven as I wanted, and I realize that that's not the most important thing in relationships. So maybe it's the women that you're going for haven't hit that stride of knowing that it's beyond just career and it's more partnership and what else someone can offer. Because it's a reflection of where you are in life. I think people, the city, one, attracts people who come and they want to be professionally successful, right? So I think when you're so focused on your career, you yeah. think your partner needs to be, be focused totally. on their career too. It's a reflection. But, it, you know, the product of the city is people come and looking for gold. And two, it's a, it attracts a younger crowd. So you got to just weed out those people. That's like <laughs> yeah. a huge chunk of people you shouldn't be meeting or wasting so, your time with. So I'm, 
I'm like fascinated here. I want to run an experiment. Like have, have <laughs> yes. you just like go on a bunch of dates with like people, demographics, just that you have totally ignored and come back in yes. like a month oh, I or have two. Some girls and, like, in mind yeah. for him. and then like ignore demographics. Uh, just ignore like the, whatever the, like Yeah. Like criteria or things that you've been selecting in terms of who you go on dates with. I'm yeah. Because what you're saying and, and what you're experiencing to me just almost don't jive with what I've seen. Exactly. Because yeah, the people all. we know are just so in line with what you want. Right. <laughs> the main takeaway for me is we all need to think about our values more. Because I think it's something that we forget to think about. You know, people ask me, what's your five-year plan? What, what do you see in the future? What, you know, and everybody always turns that into a career question. Yeah. It's like a job interview. Right. But what is, think about what is your five-year plan and how do you plan on getting there? Not professionally, but for your personal life. Yep. If you say you want kids, okay, how are you going to find someone to have kids with? And what kind of parent are you going to be? If you say you're going to find a partner, how are you going to find that partner? And what kind of partner do you want to be? These are the values that will drive how the rest of our life will be. This is way more important than how much your company's worth and where you're going to, yeah. you know, how many times you're going to be promoted in the next year or two. One of my favorite exercises uh, when meeting new people is seeing how long you can go without asking them what, what their career is or what yeah. they do. I love for work. that. Yeah, it's as, I think as like a it's way refreshing. to just implement this, implementing kind of your takeaway right into your day to day life. Yeah, and lastly, I would say we should really look out for people who are distractingly attractive versus realistically attractive. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is this city is full of distractions. They're interesting for sure, but that's short-lived. But people who are realistically attractive have the qualities that you want in a long-term yeah. relationship or partner. And those are the qualities we should be looking for and not be so distracted by, oh, that person's a challenge because they're always traveling the world. That's not realistic. If you're really seriously looking for a partner in life, Forget the distractions and learn how to recognize those distractions. And I think it's easy to blame SF. And I think there are a lot of those distraction people that you just mentioned here. So maybe you just have to weed out more. Yes. But the other people that are really looking for something stable obviously exist. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in our French friend circle. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in our friends, significant others, husbands, whatever. Like, they're out there. They're out there. People are getting married, having children, like having a life together. So it yes. exists even... It never ever the, the myth is, is real. The yep. myth is real. <laughs> Morris. Never ever land. I like that. Yep. Never ever land. This is sort of related to what we're talking about and sort of not related, but I, it's actually good that we have two guys here to, to comment about this. <laughs> we received an email about the episode we had on egg freezing where Connie came on and, and took us through the process of her egg freezing experience. So we had someone email in and say, um, she says, I have a comment on this episode. I'm not sure if you take comments, but I want to correct some information. She says, I actually froze my eggs at age 38 at UCSF. And although most of the information in the podcast is accurate, and of course only represents one woman's perspective, 
I took some serious issue with what I thought was extremely cavalier attitude of the woman telling the story. So here are some things. She says, first of all, the process is very expensive and not covered by insurance. It costs between $12,000 to $15,000 for one round, including the medication. So that's financially, that's something you would need mm-hmm. to think about. Uh, of course, some companies cover for it, but you know, some companies don't. Second, and more importantly, the process is quite arduous. Arduous? Arduous. <laughs> second, and second, and most importantly, the process is quite arduous. You have to go to the doctor nearly every day for 10 days, for two weeks, and there are several appointments that you have to complete before you even start the cycle. And then at the doctor, which I did not know this, they do vaginal ultrasounds almost every day in order to track how many eggs are growing and how large they're getting. So essentially, it's sort of an invasive process. Uh, And then third, the medications themselves take quite a toll on your body. You can become extremely emotional, nauseated, gain weight, not to mention the shot issue, which is fine. What she's referring to is you have to give yourself the hormone shots, like a huge syringe in your tummy every day. And fourth, although the retrieval procedure is quick and you are under major anesthesia, um, you have to take the day off from work and have, have someone get you in the end. So kind of a big deal. And they're not even sure if the eggs will survive the defrosting or if the IVF will even work if you use them later. So even if you freeze your eggs and you harvest your eggs, there's no success. You know, there's no guarantee that they'll actually um, give you babies. So I'm glad that she wrote in. Uh, the email is much longer than that, but I'm really glad she wrote in. Thank you so much because, you know, we're not doctors here. It was just one woman's account of her egg freezing process. And um, it was good to hear multiple sides because I've had multiple pe- uh, friends who've frozen their eggs. But it's it's good to hear this because it just shows you how... Um, the, the things people are due to take hold of their lives to gain control of their lives in the light of modern dating. Thinking about the future and for a woman to freeze her eggs, whether you thought the process was easy or you thought the process was very invasive, at least you're taking that control thinking, this is what I want in the future, which is the option to have kids. So that's why what I want to bring back is to you, Dawn, is that there, there are women, maybe that's like your sample group right there, women who've frozen their eggs, who are in line with the values that you want and what you're looking for in the future. And they've thought about it way ahead of, um, you know, maybe some of their counterparts. Proper, proper planning. Proper planning. Yeah, you said you're a planner, right? Yes, there you go. (laughs) Proper planning. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up. I want to thank Boris for being my lovely co-host again today. Oh, you're welcome. And Dawn for coming on and, you know, just like bringing out this very sensitive topic for some reason. People don't like talking about this. They like mm-hmm. talking about gender roles in terms of like... The women exceeding. Women exceeding, success, um, uh, power couples. But people don't talk about the real questions, which are your values and also how you view the value that your partner brings into the relationship. So thank you for bringing that to light. I really appreciate it. 
if you have more thoughts on this, which I'm sure you do, because every time we bring up gender roles or even who pays for dates, we get like a ton of emails. Um, people feel very strongly about this topic. So we want to hear from you. If you have sort of the opposite of what Don's experience, mm-hmm. hey, come on our show. We can anonymize your name and um, give identities to, you know, other identities to the people involved in your story. Okay. Oh, did you want to say something, Boris? In society, we talk a ton about women's roles changing. Mm-hmm. What about men? Men's exactly. roles changing. What the fuck happens? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, Thank it's you. Like you would talk about this one about side me? of the equation yes. without ever considering. And, and so that's one of the reasons I really love this topic and love yes. just talking, thinking, de- debating it. Because mm-hmm. at a certain point, you know, Don is doing this amazing thing of actually f- recognizing that, hey, roles are changing and how does that affect men? Yes, roles yeah. are changing totally. on both sides and mm-hmm. we can't have one without the other. We have to think about this holistically when we talk about like International Women's Day or when we talk about like the girls club, it has to include men too because they're half of it. They're half of it. So let's not exclude each other. Let's actually include and think about the evolution of males and what, what that looks like in the future and what our ki- what our kids should be experiencing in the future. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Love Lovely. That. Lovely. Okay, last but not least, stay, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to identify what you bring to a partnership and how does that compare to what you're looking for in a partner. Additionally, if you know you want a family in the future, think about the qualities that you should be working on in order to create the type of family that you want. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.